again? I said, how does my volume sound? Good. It sounds clean. Okay. It sounds really clean. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Very Unofficial Logistics Planners Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, one of your hosts, uh, Gonzo. And I'm joined by, and don't don't pause when you say your name this time. You did that the last time. Did you pause your shit? <laughs> I, I, I had to, y'all. I had to. Hey, what's going on? It's uh, it's Sean Brace. Well, Sean Bracely, My bad. It's Ken. What's up? How everybody doing out there? Uh, it's a great Thursday. Just finished working out, and I'm eating my uh my little kale bowl right here. So I feel great. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, so before we get to our guests, look. It's so hot here. It's not even that hot here. I can't imagine what the weather, what the temp and humidity is like right now in Tampa. It's got to be horrible. It was like 80-something degrees this morning. <laughs> at like 645. That's crazy, man. That's that, that's crazy. I mean, like the I – was, I was definitely lucky to go from October to, uh, to, to May because the weather wasn't that uh, – the weather wasn't too bad then. But uh, – but man, so I think we, I know we talked about it. Uh, so I'm flying back in first or second week in in October. I'm going back to to Tampa for uh, uh, to do just to get some stuff finished up on my tattoo. So I'll be over there from like the end like on a Friday, and then I leave like on a Sunday. So I'm excited about that. Unless they unless you, you better, know they extend the damn. Hey, you better hope that quarantine stuff don't have, don't don't. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, the good thing is, I, I think I got a, like a round trip ticket for like a buck thirty, uh, direct to right out of Washington Reagan, right into uh, into Tampa International, and then I have um, the car rental points saved from the seven months of having to rental through Hertz. So unless those fuckers go bankrupt, like they're like they've been talking about doing, um, I don't have to worry about a rental car thing. So Hertz, somebody going bankrupt? Yeah, because well, because of the whole COVID thing. Um, so that would suck. But well, who knows? I mean, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, other than that, man, like uh, I might be going back to work uh, Monday. I actually in the building. <clears throat> so Chief is waiting to see on that. Uh, I'm ex- man. I would prefer to be at work. I mean, cool. I, I got a night. I just got a new desk. I got a nice dual screen, dual twenty fours here set up with my docking station for my work laptop, and of course everything for the podcast. But oh, I got COVID. Um, but I'm uh, I'm ready to be back in the office, man. Uh, but anyways, uh, all right. So, uh, how can I put this? So, my co-host Ken has not stopped talking about having you on as a guest for quite some time, for good reason. Uh, our guest has been uh, I don't know if the diamond in the rough is the right is the right word, but he along with my co-host, has been the type of person to get on the Log Plants Facebook page and not be scared to share their ideas. And what I want most, uh, what I can't wait for out of this podcast is to hear him talk about his ideas and where that comes from. Because my brain doesn't really work like that. And so I love hearing about people's ideas and and, 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 what, and how they shape them. So um, I'm excited. I know Brayson's hella excited. So... Introduce yourself, my man. 
All right, everybody. I am Timothy Prince Capone, uh, mostly known as PC these days and increasingly known as just Tim. Um, been a log planner for almost 12 years now, pipeliner. Uh, been through a handful of different bases, only one deployment. Uh, and I guess my specialty is doing weird shit with Excel. Well, I wouldn't shortchange yourself uh, to just that, right? Um, no, first, thank you for ha uh, for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, you were very one of the very easiest guests to work with. Shot you in a DM, said, "Would you like to be on?" You said, "Yeah," and I think we had it scheduled within like about thirty minutes. So, uh, so thank you for being on. So, before we get in. Uh, we, I, I've asked this question of the guests, and I, and it's kind of fallen off. But again, I want to take advantage of your time and, and the way you think. And so I'll ask you, man, in your own words, based on your 12 years of experience, what does it mean to be a log planner to you? Oh, so being a log planner is all about being as independent as the Air Force will ever let you be to follow through on the way you want to do things and really just being the master of all things possible. We end up in charge uh, way beyond our pay grade. Uh, we have to learn all kinds of different specialties. We have to know everything about everyone that we're ever working with. You really just have to be the guy who anyone can come for an answer. If you don't do it, then you're going to know who to find to take care of it for you. All right. All right. Bracely, what do you think, man? What do you think about that definition? I'm oh, sorry. I forgot how to turn this thing off mute. Um, I mean, from spot on, man. Like, oh, man. it's Every time I hear somebody give a definition of what it is we do, I can't disagree because um, most of the time it's, it's from their point of view. It's from what they live and uh, what they what they experience. So um, I can definitely attest to everything you said, man. Like literally attest to it. Um, so I don't know. It's just it's just every time I hear somebody give a definition of what it is we do, man. I, I just think I just think of other things that. Um, and I miss when when I when I give my definition of being a lot of players like dang I didn't think about that <laughs> yeah it's definitely spot on man yeah I agree man it's a uh, again it's of course perspective right not everybody's definition is going to be uh, be the same but it's cool I mean it, it's just listening to to people's definition um, and being able to take maybe like one or two things out of it and merge it up with somebody else's and merge it up with somebody else's and uh, and when we do that, we get pretty damn close, uh, at least in my opinion, to, to what it is that, that we do as log planners. So, ultimate planner. Yeah, yeah, that Captain America or that Captain Marvel of log plans. Um, so, all right. I, I, I feel like more like the Iron Man of log plans. Is it the <laughs> Iron Man of log plans? Yeah. Tony Stark is in the beta. Yeah, You're it's right. all He's about innovative. that innovation. It, yeah, I, Captain America is all about training and stuff, and you know we don't get a whole lot of that. 
So, okay. It's funny that you brought that up. So as we've been talking about uh, uh, with the, our IT systems, log mod and base, right? I was, <laughs> I was talking to Chief a while back oh about, God. hey, <laughs> about, hey, what can we, um, let's call it something. And then, you know, Chief's old school. He's by the book guy, very smart, very intelligent man. He's like, okay. And the first thing he started thinking of was acronyms. And I remember saying, why does it have to be an acronym? He's like, because everything's an acronym. I was like, Madonna is not an acronym. Cher <laughs> is not an acronym. Prince isn't an acronym, right? And so I, I don't know why it popped uh, uh, off the top of my head. I was like, hey, I was like, why don't we call it Jarvis, right? The <laughs> IT or, or, you know, the artificial the AI that uh, basically uh, supported Iron Man, right? And uh, that conversation went nowhere because I, I could not justify why it shouldn't be an acronym. But yeah, man, everything's an acronym. I guess. See, so I now mean, you just need to come up with an acronym for Jarvis that you I, know works for logistics plans. I, I had wrote something down. Just, or we could just call it Friday because after um, after Jarvis became um, what was it? What, what did he come become? I got what he became. Anyway. Oh. We, after he became whatever he was with the mindstone. Uh, vision. Yeah. Vision. After Jarvis became vision. You go Jarvis, vision, or Friday. Which one you want to be? Probably <laughs> yeah, vision. That's true. Probably vision or Friday. Probably I Saturday. don't know. Friday's a good movie. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> I st- that movie. I still remember it. What, what was the last thing Chris Rock was in? Not Chris Rock. Chris Tucker. Sorry. What was the last movie? The one with Jackie Chan? I was going to say the um oh, what were what were those even called? Rush Hours? Rush yeah, Hours, yes. Rush Hour 8 or some shit? There's only three of them. <laughs> Rush Hour 8. That's Fast and Furious, man. Um, oh, yeah. So uh so anyways, all right. <clears throat> so man, so I I know we both uh, uh really want to hear uh so you talked, uh, you've been in 11 years, you said, right? Uh, yeah. Where have you all been? How, you said one deployment. How many different bases? Uh, so only three different bases. So I started off at McCord um, back when we actually did real ORIs, flyaway ORIs. Um, that was a lot of fun. That was how I cut my teeth as a loggy. Uh, yeah, day one uh, was pretty much... We were in an ORI, and they had me taking everything that was getting put into LogMod, like actual online LogMod that had just come out, because uh, this was, I want to say, 08. Uh, and 2000, put, 2000, April 2009. Yeah, so it, it, was, it, it was 09 then. Yep. Um, and everything that had to go into... Uh, new online log mod I had a hand put into LSA uh, log mod standalone for the newer hooks um, and the first experience with that and one of my first experiences with the wonders of Air Force IT was do not push these buttons in a row because you will delete everything everywhere or, or, hold on. or when you was doing your schedule and and the uh, dashboard log mod. God forbid you didn't put the right time format, and it was going to jack everything up. 
Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> so my my you know my my crazy and I, I ain't mean to cut you off, but you know you you what you're saying is kind of relatable. I was at Osan, uh, and they they dropped the new log mod three days prior to our pack app ri. Oops. So me, Chad Molenauer, and Angelique uh, Lawrence were all down in the basement of the old building, 622, before they tore it down, moving everything and establishing all the doggone, the doggone uh, pieces and everything. And then me and Chad was at home because we had CAC enabled, uh, that's when we could take the CAC card home and log in. We was doing log my shit for my apartments in Korea. <laughs> Because the system was so new, but good. But my, I digress. Continue your story. You, yeah. was, you, you put everything into uh, in, into LSA. Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy there. I managed not to uh, kill the entire exercise by hitting the wrong three keystrokes, um, and it was a whole lot of getting in the regs, just reading the AFIs that during all of my time off. Um, I had a uh, loggy. For my first supervisor, uh, well, y'all probably know her, Sergeant Plemons, uh, ex-maintainer, all about getting in those regs. You know, That's my girl, man. Yeah, those regs were basically a T.O. as far as we were concerned. That's my girl. So I just had to really get get down, get, get to know those. And then um, we also had, and this was... Uh, where a lot of my inspiration came from for all my Excel shit, uh, we had uh, a Master Sergeant Richard Pierce who had this um, this thing, we called it uh, the BAT, uh, which I don't remember what the, the technical term for it was, but it, we called it the Big Ass Tracker. And this was a... Um, Visual Basic Microsoft Access kind of product that automated our entire career field. It did your tip fit comparison. It told you every single tasking that needed something to be done with it for the day. It basically took all the brain power out of what you need to do. Um, problem was he retired, and uh, for anyone familiar with VBA and Microsoft Access. It really doesn't last long when you don't have an expert who's maintaining it. So that all fell apart, and I found myself uh, comparing TipFids by hand because uh, I didn't know any better. Um, yeah, uh, you're talking, yeah, 6,000 line TipFid, and you're literally scrolling through it line by line, uh, figuring out how to make sure that there's nothing that's changed. And that was a bit of a uh, change for us. Uh, we went from um, daily daily work took about two hours, and most of the time we got off at one or two p.m. To uh, I would spend eight hours a day and hope that I had actually finished comparing to. Um, and. Oddly enough, that was not my first time thinking we can do this better and, <laughs> um, and that we really don't need to do this by hand. Uh, my first experience with that was in tech school when they told us 
most of our day would be spent comparing two Excel spreadsheets. And at uh, 21 years old, I told myself, there is no way I just joined the Air Force to compare spreadsheets. The Air Force is supposed to be the most technologically advanced, uh, you know, thing in existence. And we can't figure out how to compare two spreadsheets without, uh, you know, three people spending all day on it. Joke was on you, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I had no idea what I was getting into. Poor baby me. Um, so anyway, um, continuing on at McCord, uh, we had all of our leadership uh, disappear on us uh, through retirements and PS PCSs. Gotta give a big shout out to um, our other master sergeant. Oh, don't let me forget his name. Um, oh, it's blanking on me. He's gonna be mad at me. He um, ended up with a great job at Amazon. Um, short guy, always angry. Really cool to work with. If his name pops into my head, then I'll uh, Andy, Andy Morris. No, um, is it? No. Andy Morris had a job at Amazon for a while. No, this guy's still working at Amazon. Oh, okay. Um, Brad Powers. Yeah, I don't know who he is. Yeah, it, uh, salty guy, but uh, good to work with. <laughs> anyway, um, why the situation I end up I, in myself was um, I had a. Uh, senior airman over me, uh, eventually becoming a staff who had ended up in a bad situation, uh, should have, should have been a staff looking at tech, but, but was back down to senior airman, a tech sergeant who is an ex-personnelist who just hated the world, did not want to have been retrained and was working on getting retired, um, as a personnelist again, so wasn't engaged in the career field. Um, and then an IDO who's great guy, super knowledgeable, uh, Mr. Daryl Davis over, over ahead of us, uh, with a new ORI coming in and basically no one knew what to do except for me as a A1C, uh, I think maybe senior armor at that point. So my time at McCord conclude with me effectively planning an entire ORI on my own, which was not fun to go about as well as could be expected, but I think we passed. That was our last ORI. From there, uh, I ended up at Kadena, working for the uh, 353rd Special Operations Group. Uh, anyone who is familiar with a SOG knows that Loggy there is going to be spending most of their year on the road doing exercises. It's kind of like being uh, assigned to Aviano. You're always going on the road, training other people, and everything is on you to get the mission done because uh, no one, you know, there, there's really just no one else to make sure that bed down happens and that return happens. That's and where that Rolo kind of, is, right? Right, Bracely? Yeah. At the he's a, yep, he's a, he's a group superintendent. Mm. Oh, nice. What are you drinking? What is that, Four loco? 
Uh, no, this is a Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. Anyways, sorry yeah. to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, that was that was a lot of fun. It just was a huge burnout. I think my my busiest year, I spent. 200 to 250 days on the road um, without being deployed. Uh, just constantly going to playing conferences, going out to Korea, uh, spent some time in New Zealand, some time in Australia. Tons of fun. I got lots of cool stories like when uh, we had a no-notice exercise planned where the blue team planned on us going to uh, Kunsan, and then the day that the exercise was happening, the mission commander told us, no, we don't go to Kunsan. We go to Daegu. So you're going to Daegu. Um, so I went from being the guy who planned our quick little bed down in Guam um, for the first four hours to being told, okay, you're getting on the first thing burning to uh, Daegu. Uh, you're going to go through Seoul. You're going to show up there. You're the only one there. You've got everything you can carry. Uh, there's no one on the ground that even knows you're coming. Uh, so figure it out. You've got 400 people and five aircraft coming, coming in 48 hours. I did, where, bro, where are these assignments at? I would love, well, I say I would love. I mean, it's stressful, but damn, those are opportunities. Yeah, I didn't even you, know stuff like that existed. Yeah, you hate it when you're doing it, but... Once you're there, you, you know, once you're done with it, you love it. Um, that was actually really cool. When I showed up at Daegu, it turned out there was an Army Special Forces group and the, um, were the Army uh, helicopter guys there of uh, JBLM. Um, they do all the, all the combat insertions. They get the, the little birds. Uh, they used to fly Chinooks. They're they're like an assault um, air company. Gotcha. Yeah, they were. They happened to be there. Uh, they took me under their wing to drive me around because the base commander wouldn't even give me a car, um, and, and explicitly <laughs> explicitly told everyone on base not to help me because no one told me or told him he was coming or that I was coming. Um, what? You know, sh but show up to these army guys camp and there's people literally hauling around on their shoulder a Bushmaster chain gun that's going to go go get hooked up to one of their helicopters. Um, ended up on the phone with the air ops commander of the Korean side telling me that the our aircraft needed to leave the next day because no one had authorized us to be in Korean airspace and having to smooth that over. The way you facilitate uh, you facilitate yeah. all these conversations? Yeah, mainly because our commander at the time had decided not to read in um, the uh, Korea commander, the the Korean, or the, uh, I don't even remember the, the acronyms, but the American commander for Korean forces there. They refused to read them in until I was on the ground telling them, look, nothing's going to happen until you actually tell someone who anyone gives a shit. Come on, uh, you know. US, USFK commander? Yeah, yeah, the USFK commander. No one, no one actually told him. And that's, that we were... and that's, a, and that's a three star. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was almost at the center of an international incident there. Um, not uh, not necessarily a point of pride, but a point you of buy interest. too many blankets. I'm just oh, I um, I no, have plenty of blankets. Do not do not bring up blankets to anyone who I was uh, assigned to the 353rd there. There was another international incident that involved blankets that was not <laughs> directly related to me, but ended up being almost criminal charges involved with me. I love them. So when I went to Korea for the first time, I've never been stationed there. I went exercise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw those meat blankets. I think I was there for a month and I bought eight. I still got them all over yeah. the house. I'll use them in the summer. I love yeah, those things, man. It's comfortable, man. They're great. It's, it, so it's nice. like those weighted comfort blankets. Yeah, I got. Do you guys have any of the uh, of the dual ones? Like they're two sewn together. Yeah, and it's like oh. one is the semi saw or the yeah. soft like semi short hair, and the other is the really long hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. It, it, it's so comforting. It, it's a. Uh, I, I don't know if there's something like scientific behind it, but it's the weight. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that feeling that on you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Anyways. Okay, so you're in Kadena, you leave Kadena, and you go where? So I was supposed to go to Thule because um, someone said, uh, you know, you'd be this sole loggy tech sergeant in the middle of the Arctic, and I told them, you know, threaten me with a good time. Um, and that got turned off uh, because I had uh, gone through ADAP while I was at Kadena because uh, anyone who's been in the SOG will tell you alcoholism is not a problem, it's a culture um, so, it's definitely culture. It's a mindset. It's a mentality. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so that got turned off for me, and I ended up at Grand Forks, North Dakota, which is kind of like Thule if you think about it. Uh, <laughs> so his face when you said that too. Yeah. It, you. So I showed up there. Uh, one tech sergeant on their way out. Uh, with like a two-week overlap, uh, I no staff, yeah, no staff sergeants at the time. Six airmen, no senior NCO. Our IDO was a second lieutenant, uh, and and it's Grand Forks. It's supposed to be my relaxation, my quiet place where I can just kind of settle and. Uh, um, you know, just kind of come to terms with my life and really get, you know, get back into the swing of things. Is there even an airfield there? (laughs) There is, surprisingly. Uh, It's RQ4s. Ah, okay. Um, And our, is it RQ4s? What's what's the global hawk these days? It's one of those. Yeah, something. Some RPA, yeah. Yeah, something that nobody really. What what year, were you there? For in 20 were you there in 2011 2012 no this was this was recent this was 2015 2016 okay i think right. i got here uh it's where i am now um and so it's supposed to be this quiet base except it turns out they're transitioning from uh amc into acc because why would amc actually have rpas it doesn't matter um and the ACC commander came down and said, hey, guess what? You're going to do phase one, phase two exercises um, quarterly. 
and everyone who was on base. base. Yeah, and everyone who was on base at Grand Forks because Grand Forks said, phase what? So uh, I spent my first two years here inventing how to do a phase one, phase two exercise because no one, no one understood. No one would take any responsibility for it. Uh, IG didn't care if it wasn't inspectable. They w- weren't going to do it. XP wasn't even in the picture. Whoa, so, what do you mean XP is not in the picture? Because as we job. all know, that's as we all job. know, but that's where everybody wants to be at. Because if, they, cause if I pick you up and you're right here, and this is the LRS, and I put you right here, and this is XP, all of a sudden you're wearing a golden crown. That doesn't happen? Yeah. No, no. That doesn't happen? So, so let me break it down. All right, a XP, IG split. Um, I want to, whatever year it was, it's like recently, within the past 10 years. I don't remember exact year. It's probably the same time we uh, we jumped in back into doing phase one, phase two, a little bit prior to. Um, and at that, at that time, XP was responsible for that. Um, and then those responsibilities, when 90-201 came out, it laid out the responsibilities. The attachment two states that a readiness assessment is is, is mandatory. Um, and the IG, uh, the exercise uh, program under the IG is supposed to uh, be the ones that they're supposed to plan it, and they're supposed to uh, work with the IDO to plan it. Um, and, you know, what they were doing for a whole bunch of years was just basically um, – you know, pencil whipping or saying we did a readiness event, and then uh, when I was at when I was at the uh, when I was at the IG, um, that's when I kind of learned. You know, when we talking readiness. Basically, you're supposed to the the uh, the reg says whatever the match com commander's intent is for readiness. Correct. So the wing commander through the IG through the wing commander or through through the IG uh, base level IG to to the match com IG is supposed to get supposed to push that out to the bases. And um, if the ACC commander said you're going to do phase ones and phase twos, um, that responsibility is supposed to be play, uh, coordinated with uh, the uh, the IG and the IDO, which takes select this, or you know, you take your senior, senior, most senior knowledgeable log planner and marry them up with the IG to plan right. phase one and phase two. So, so you know what's funny? Uh, I'm not going to say the base. I've been at bases uh, where we're sitting down with the uh, uh, whatever version of the XP that 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 wing commander decided to put together, right? Uh, made up of operators and maintainers. And when we go over, like, hey, we need to uh, we need to do whatever it is that the wing thinks an o- a phase one's going to be like. Let's plan it. And they turn around and say, like, oh. Well, you know, we're going to send that X number of ship over to this AOR and a couple hundred people, and, uh, and, and that counts. And then when you say, like, hey, you do that every four months, nobody, there's no doubt in my mind that you, uh, you know, flight suit wearers and you, dirty maintainers who support them, at the end of the day, know how to get out of town. That's not who I'm worried about. What about the security forces guy? A security forces commander. Do you care about a couple hundred people transiting this base? You're cool with it, right? Hey, FSS commander. Are you going to feed them? You know, hey, MSG. Both of those respond back to you. Hey, MS or FSS commander. Guess what? Your fucking gym staff is all gone. We deployed them. 
your <laughs> NPF are all gone. We deployed them. What is your plan in place to do that, right? That's and not, so that, that's not the definition of phase one, phase two. You know, what's the def, what's the real definition of phase one? This is what phase one. Let's what's the real definition of phase one? Phase one is, uh, you know, to generate uh, not you know, to generate aircraft, but additionally to to prepare to employ the force, right? So, um, and this is what people. This is what actually looking past the surface comes into play. All right. What is that basis mission? You exercise that basis mission. Whatever that basis mission is, that's what you should be exercising. To and, and to get creative, yeah, you throw a couple of little things. If you got to do it three times a year, you throw a couple of little things in there like, okay, last time we focused on the generation of shorties. This time we want to focus on uh, preparing to employ the force. Right. You, can, you can rotate your capability. It don't care. It, it's not really about maintaining the base because you can do, you can practice maintaining the base during your phase two, and you can evaluate both of them, but your phase two is is really uh, your ability they're to- They're there and you're- and you're, Ability yeah, to survive there. in an austere location, yeah. AKA ATSO, right? So if you wanted to test what you just said, Gonzo, you do your in your phase two. It's hey, we're going to take our old plan or our strategic uh, identified capabilities, take them away from the base, and then we want to we want to test we want to we want to test both uh, both basic uh, both entities in the phase two for three or four days. And hey, can you actually sustain operation? You know your your uh, right. operation and why you got why you why you got to dodge. Um, and then you start looking at okay, what are your what are your known assumptions? Do you have you know your civilian your civilian force plan where you know if it's the cops, then you're supposed to be able to you know bring in uh, civilian support to manage. Augmenting. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, you know. So, it, 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 and we've talked about this for a few times. So, it, it, no, I I agree. The way that it's set up right now, that's exactly what you're looking at, right? But going to the future, like for example, the art, you know, uh, your your Grand Forks, right? Those mm-hmm. combat service support capabilities that reside within, uh, just for just for sake of argument, let's just say everybody non ops, not maintenance direct, right? Mm-hmm. Going through the future, what if those capabilities can no longer say, "I'm not tied to this particular O plan, therefore I don't care," right? Um, and I'm talking about the separate, yeah. right? Um, uh, uh, you know, what if it's like, hey, I'm a log again, and and this is of course hypothetical, Bracey. But what yeah, if I'm yeah, a log what, planner? Yeah, you know, what and, you're talking about is exactly what we had to deal with. We didn't have an O plan, and and I'm sorry, cut you off, but I see where you're going. We didn't have an O plan, and we're working with Global Hawks. You don't need to deploy Global Hawks. Like Global Hawks fly from anywhere. Uh, so we had a ton of pushback. Uh, from especially the mid to low level parts of the base who weren't really bought into the wing commander's vision saying, why are we doing this? We don't deploy. It's Global Hawks. We're going to fly them from home. Um, and what we had to explain and, and the stance we had to take was, okay, right here, you're kind of correct. You as FSS are not going to deploy to support Global Hawks. But you as FSS 
are going to have to deploy to support the equivalent of a base deployed. So we're going to figure out how to test that. We don't have airlift. We don't have fighters. We don't have any aircraft really to speak of that are going to be able to come work with us. We're going to figure out a way to test this. Because what you do have is a warm-blooded, carbon-based life form that we can pick your ass up and send you anywhere in the world. Because, again, I think we talked about previous podcasts, um, depending on what area – what. Depending on where you're at, what you know, what command you're at, um, I'm guessing there's not too many scenarios wherever we go defend something or attack something, and it's like GI Joe where none of our people are getting killed. Yeah. You know, nobody has nukes in the world except us. Nobody has weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Nobody can hurt the U.S. So what we what we really had to figure out is. How, when you don't have airlift and you don't have a base X to work from, uh, how do you test all this stuff? Because we can run cargo through your cargo yard, you know, day in, day out. It's not going to gain a whole lot of everything except figuring out that people don't know how to build, build a pallet. Uh, so how we actually get some material benefit. And what we, what we sat down and realized was, well... An hour south of us is Fargo. Fargo has a guard base, and pretty much the whole point of that guard base is it's a CE training base. It's a whole bear base designed for CE to go down there and get certified on doing things like they uh, set up a water supply, uh, build up a tent city, uh, go move shit around with forklifts, a lot of things that have to do with building a bear base. So what we said was, well, what if we go down there and instead of supporting aircraft, because we don't have any aircraft that we're going to reasonably be able to support, what if we support that CE training mission? And we set up, we're going to go down to this location for two, three weeks, and we're going to be self-sufficient to have this group of 40, 50, 60 CE folks do oh. their training. God damn, 21 days in Fargo? <laughs> Shit. Hey, like I said, hey. you know, threaten me with a good time. The only problem you got with that is it's going to cost a lot of money because you got to pay people for deal. Uh, hey, no, 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 no. We did this on the base in Fargo, on the guard base. We three were weeks? In, we were in their training facilities. They, they're designed to bed down a hundred something, two hundred something person CE group. Did you make them eat MREs the whole time? You goddamn right we did. Woo! We Woo! busted out. We busted out a field kitchen and fed them. Where where are the giant MREs called? I don't even know they're giant ones. Yeah, the ones what? FSS boils in their bags to cook for people. I didn't ever even know it. Bracey, you know what he's talking about? These giant MREs. Hey, I don't know. Nobody know giant MREs. It's- it's what you ate during an ORI when the FSS actually had to do some cooking. Oh, it, okay. You, oh, yeah. yeah, you stick a bag of food in a tray okay. and it boils oh, okay. and it's your like food. prison food, I guess, right? Yeah. Prison yeah. cooking. That food be yeah. good, though. Hey, hey, don't sleep on that food, man. No pancakes and bacon be off the chain. Yeah, oh, no. when, you, when you actually were told, hey, FSS has to feed 400 people a day, so you have to go actually eat a hot meal instead of scavenging MREs all day. That's what you ate, and that's what they cooked while we were down there. Unfortunately, they also almost poisoned everyone. (laughs) 
we had uh, water buffaloes that were, you know, no one had put water in them in a couple of years. So we designated it non-potable. This is what you're going to wash your hands with. They made coffee with it. And everyone but me drank that shit because I brought my own thing to make coffee in. Well, if you didn't have to worry about getting clogged up because of the MREs, I'm guessing the dirty coffee helped cure that problem, huh? Yeah, you know, it, it's a give and take. All things equal, yen. Yeah. So Okay, so, so you're there, you've done, this is, a, all right, I like this. You're, you're, you're uh, yeah, this is good stuff. Okay. We drove down so, there, by the way. We we took, we said um, one one flatbed, we said one flatbed truck and one bus equals a C-130, more or less. That's how we told them to do it. They We couldn't get aircraft, so, you know, you got to give me something, and that's what I worked with. That's, that's very, uh, you know, we talk about innovation, and sometimes innovation gets thrown around uh, in conjunction with, like, IT, but... Uh, but that's not. I mean, that's that's taking what the uh, what your plane, what your parameters are, and making the most uh, 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 innovative situation out of that. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it, and that's one thing that's killed me, as we talked about, you know, through log plans, especially you know, uh, in that what five to six year gap where the phase ones were no longer required, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a um, gap. it was a ten year. If you were stateside, it was about a ten-year gap. Overseas, they they never yeah. stopped doing it. Damn. Okay. So, so, yeah, stateside at least ten. And essentially, that's why that's why we're in the situation we're in now. It's like people coming from like Koreas, the Japans, the 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 you know the Germans. They're they're laughing like, "What do you mean you can't do a phase one or phase two? We've been doing this like like clockwork." And so for me, when I when I left uh, left Japan and went to California. Two years later, they were talking about doing a phase one, phase two, and I was like, "It was nothing, right?" <laughs> like, I just, I just got out. Of, I just got out of one. You know what I'm saying? You uh, mean life? <laughs> yeah. Like, That's... Okay. This is this is this is easy. And then when they start saying, "Oh yeah, we only do them during the duty hours," I was like, "Hell yeah!" Because I'm used to. <laughs> oh God! Show, showing up. No at, one will let me do them out at, duty hours. Hey, showing up at five forty-five at night, fifteen minutes prior Ooh. to shift start to get turnover. Getting off at six six thirty because you know yeah you know, I'm, I'm used to the day shift and night shift wars, uh, you know all that stuff. I'm used to that. You know, I, get, I get to Cal- I get to California. That's like what exercise? We don't exercise. Shit. They wouldn't let me go beyond uh, eight hours a day. Because because you got all them civilians and you got to pay overtime mm-hmm. for them to the civilians. No not one wants to stand up that CDC. Not if you're not if you're maintenance. So um. so. Cause we got we about to run out of time talking about some 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 nice little war stories. So, man, like you, you shocked me when we when we first got on the phone. But what I wanted, what I really wanted to hit on, to be honest with you, man, is like, like where, where do you get it from? Like, what makes your brain think? What what makes you, um, like, the things that you craft and you put out there is like. So for me, I, I am, I ain't gonna say I'm illiterate, but I'm just not savvy. I'm not savvy with some of the projects that you come up with. But I've always talked about whenever I deployed or went somewhere that, that forced me to do the, the, the combat log, log, logistics and stuff, I always wanted to bring it back to my home station and say, hey, look, y'all, 
This is how we're messing up our brothers and sisters on the other end. This is some things that we need to look at. And one of the things that I've always said and I always noticed is that when we deploy, we kick ass when we deploy. When we go home, it's like all of that stuff that we learn, it goes completely the fuck out our brains out the window. We go back to that same old bullshit, non-attention to detail, garbage-ass log plans output, you know. Uh, and, and, and we're still dealing with it today. You know, I'm not going to throw, throw shade at any bases, but since I've been in my current position, uh, it's a couple of bases I want to call and say, yo, WTF, like, seriously, are you freaking serious? Like, we're still having this conversation. Are you talking about right now your position or back San Antonio? Oh, right now my position. Yes, yes. God damn it. Right now. Yes. So yes. So 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 you 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 deploy. You experience some things. You you see some of the things that we don't that we, we're not being trained and we're not we're not being you know that's not ingrained into us from a, a, a home station standpoint. And you come home and you say, hey, based off of all the stuff. That I, you know, I've experienced in, in my little, in, in my one deployment, I decided to start looking at DK's jokes a little different. I started looking at certain, I, certain things, certain, certain information a little different. And you brought it back to your home station, like, dude, when you you posted a uh, like that that little unclassified tidbit on the on the on the law plans page, I lit up because I and the first question I said was. How will you connect? I said, how are you going to connect what you what you experienced at your deployment and bring it back to your home station? Because that's the vital information. That I think that gets lost because, like I said, people deploy, they do a great job when they get deployed, they go back to your home station and they go back to being some crappy ass loggers. Yeah. So one of the things that I started off doing was I started making these these fake tidbits. Um, it's just a little Excel magic. You randomize a bunch of stuff and you make yourself a tiffid to work on. That's a really good way to practice things on your off time. Uh, another big part of it is just learning Excel. Get really comfortable with Excel. It's what we do almost everything in. Uh, try working in Excel without using a mouse. You could do you can do everything you ever want in Excel without ever touching your mouse. Uh, and that's a really good way to get so familiar with the program that you stop thinking about things in how do I do this? And you just kind of know how to work the program. And then when we're getting into, I think you're, you're talking about some of the products I put out, like the, the heat map, the automated heat map. What yeah. you got to do there first off is embrace laziness. Yeah. You don't want to do this shit all the time. Exactly. You don't want to spend five hours a day updating a heat map because the commanders decide they want it every single day updated. That's bullshit. And you should works, feel that. Works, smart, works smarter, not harder. Yeah. So I embrace my laziness because I'm lazy as fuck. So when you're get, that's how you find a project to work on is look for the project that you really at your core feel you should not be spending this much time working on. So the next thing we do is we break down that project. We all get trained in Six Sigma, Greenbelt, all that stuff. 
It doesn't work when it comes to what I'm talking about. Six Sigma and Greenbelt works on a mechanical process. You're working an assembly line. You're looking at steps in a process and how to eliminate steps. Excel doesn't work in steps. What you have to do is you look at a problem and you break it down into questions. And you break those questions down into simpler questions. And you keep breaking those questions down until it's something you know how to answer in Excel. And then you build it all back up. So, okay. oh, go ahead. No, I said that's that's good. That that I've never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. That's good. So, okay. So hold on, Brace. Did he did he answer your question, Bracely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, yeah, he did. So, so uh, uh, do you do you train your airmen how to capture that data? How to go get? How to how to identify? Or do you do you train like that trigger in their brain to say say for instance if that your 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 you know your your pre-designed products are unavailable when they walk away from your design your product and go somewhere else where you where your product doesn't follow them are they trained to be able to identify those trigger points so i i do what i can it, it's really hard to teach this kind of thing it, it's a creative process it's it's art for me it's hard to explain it's hard to teach uh some of the things that i do is I move myself out from my back office. I put me put myself front and center in the loggy floor. No one can see, or I can't see what anyone else is doing. They can see what I can, I'm doing. I put myself on a big screen. Anytime I'm working on a project, I have the airman come out and watch what I'm doing. Or even better, I, instead of working the project myself, I have one of them sit down. They are going to actually do the button pushes I'm going to explain things to them. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to have them kind of figure out what we're working on and how to how to solve the problem. So, um, oh, the, go ahead. Let's say so. I have a question. I've seen you. I, if I remember it was correctly, Bracy. I don't know if you remember this when he posted last year of, "Hey, I want to talk about. I want to talk about adaptive basing, but I want to do it in a story." Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, uh, I'm a nerd. How did you come up with that? Oh, uh, that again, creative process. I, I kept thinking about adaptive basing. I think it's such a cool concept and I, I play video games a lot. Video games are story driven. I, I imagined the world in kind of a Tom Clancy movie, uh, video game concept and just kind of, of narrate everything out the way I, I saw it working. And whenever, uh, you know, I kind of, I'd come up with um, what I thought adaptive basing would look like to deploy and employ. And then what are some of the issues that it could bring with what, what would those kinetic effects look like? And what would the reactions have to look like? What would we have to do to, to deal with that? Um, it really wasn't, there was no process to that. That was, I sat down, I had a couple of beers, and I just kind of spat out this, the, this story. It, I, bet. I, I needed to, I need to have a way of conceptualizing adaptive basing. And the best way I could was to tell a story about it. 
What's your definition so, of adaptive basing? So adaptive basing is where you're going to deploy an entire uh, wing at a location, and then you're going to fragment that wing over and over again until you're working with uh, only one or two aircraft at a time moving at a constant pace, redeploying with their own self-supporting system of maintenance and, and, and support elements that are using the local infrastructure as airfield. I like that. Is that a hazy little thing, IPA? You're damn right it is. I like it. So, here, and this is just me. Uh, I, I haven't been doing this nowhere near as long as Brave Sleep. But, so here's what I'll tell you, right? Um, what you just described, being able to tell that story, is crucial. Because like you said before, when you're talking about your Excel documents, right? That's tough. It's tough because it's very manual. It's very, it's very uh, uh, having to push, having to know, having to know formulas, having to know what formulas can help answer those questions that you broke down all the way down to the lowest level. But something that's universal from the earliest fucking man is storytelling, right? Being able to go on a cave wall and paint a picture in whatever language that they had at the time. So by you being able to take something that for me, I don't understand adaptive basing. I haven't been put in a position to have to understand it. You do understand um, it. You talk about it all the time. You just don't realize so it. I might. So that's right. So so if I talk about it, I don't even know I don't know enough about it to know that I'm talking about it. But for you being able to be a storyteller, man, that's huge. Because guess what's gonna because if you want to get into, you know, you're talking about you know your your future in the Air Force, when you're gone. Maybe those processes, those those uh, uh, you know those uh, uh, Excel docs that you created, may no longer be updated when you leave Grand Forks. But the ability to tell that story and to teach it to your airmen and for your airmen to understand the concept, regardless of whether they're they're living it, then they can pass that story along, and they can pass, and then th those people, and and, uh, and so uh, I'll ask you, man, regardless of where you end up going, what ends up happening, man. Keep doing that shit. Post that to the damn blog plans page, right? We don't care what nobody says. Because I guarantee to you, if we were to look and poll the majority of the career field and say, who knows Adaptive Basin, you'd have a lot of people raise their hands. Okay, now tell me what the fuck that is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that's huge. That, that That's freaking huge to be able to do that. And that's what impressed me most about you when I saw that, mainly because I'm an idiot and I didn't know what the, what, what, the, what the definition or what Adaptive Basin was. <laughs> So when I saw, read the story, I was like, okay, that's good. That's good. Oh, and by the way, I don't know, uh, not to, not to shit on our, on our senior leaders, but I don't see very many E7s, E8s, and E9s putting out stories to better help people understand adaptive basing. So, so, Here, so give me, give me a fiver real quick. I guess step out for a second. I'll be right back. Hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, we got a little. No, I'm saying we got about 10 minutes. Okay, so, damn it, so, so, when so, I was so, over there. Go ahead, sorry. So, I'll tell you, like, our chiefs our chiefs are not really on the page, just so you know. Uh, most of them are, uh, like, I think Chief Cooper, he's retired now, so he's kind of more flexible. But I know Chief Griffin is probably one of the only, he's probably the only chief on the page. Um, and, you know, probably because they don't want, they definitely don't want to see some of the things that we talk about. Uh, um, so, 
Uh, but Chief Chief Griffin is on there because he's you know he need well he needs to be on there. But I also mm-hmm. like the fact he's on there because he he stays engaged with everybody. Like that's one thing I like yeah. about him. He engages with everybody. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's uh, adaptation is a tough is a tough conversation because it's 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 not new, but it's it's like it's like it's like the old new because we we like the Chelsea's the the. Uh, CRG, CRWs, like um, when they part, first started talking that whole adaptive basing thing, uh, I connected with it because I was on the cadre team. I was uh, that one of those guys that were the law planner for the cadre team at, at, at Dakota, and you know, you, you know, don't know mission the backstory behind the cadre team. That that cadre team was basically that, hey, we're going to open up a base, and then we're going to get it established, and it's been it being. The, the actual wing is going to go is going to come in and they're going to take over and then we're going to get up either we're going to go back to to, to home station or we're going to go and open up another base and we're going to continue to do that until you know the situation is, is resolved or everybody everybody is um everybody is where they need to be um so we've always been doing it we've always, you know it's just now it's more re- relevant and it, it's somebody decided that hey we've had, we had this little idea on the shelf for so long why not use it and, and i like it only thing i don't like about it is it's the you know the potential of attrition is so high uh because uh, it's uh yeah i'm going through some on a on a on a team right now that are doing meetings on that stuff and um yeah i'm trying to wrap my head around it especially having been removed from the wing level you keep saying, hey, stop saying that wing level crap, man. Like, don't stop saying you because you've been removed from the wing level, you don't know nothing. You do. You just, you just have the converse The conversations you have are the conversations that need to be that, that need to be, you know, uh, bridged to base level because uh, that's base, true. Level, base level don't understand that stuff. Uh, uh, so base level don't understand that type of stuff. So you gotta you you gotta have you gotta be in the position that you're in because when you go back to base level, you can be like, all right, y'all really ain't doing this right. Here go the conversation that you need to have and you connect it what they do at base level to what they to what they did, did uh, uh, to, to what they what, what they're doing uh, to yeah. at high headquarters. And and I and I definitely I definitely need to do that. I, I, I'm definitely gonna do that. Before I do anything, before I, I before I go in there and I try to help anybody. Right, I need to know um, what they're going to do for me. Uh, iron my uniform, wash my car. What else can airmen do? You always talk about loan me money. Loan me money. Loan me money. No, I'm messing. Hey, okay. So, speaking of airmen, um, Tim, what have you done? What have you done throughout your career? To, uh, to support your airmen, or not even just airmen, to support the teams that you've been on. All right. And so, we got about 15 minutes left. Go ahead. All right. So um, a lot of it is just kind of exactly what you said, doing something for your airmen. It, it doesn't need to be anything big. It doesn't need to be game. But um, the, the first thing I did was I pulled myself out of my office. Uh, I was tired of being in my own private office with all the airmen on the floor. Uh, I don't know what's going on most of the time. Uh, and, and they feel like it's an in, in intrusion to come and ask me anything because they have to go knock on that door. So I said, 
fuck that. I'm going to go to where the airmen are. And I moved my whole desk out onto the uh, airman's floor. And the next thing I did was I thought back to when I was an airman and I had an NCO on the floor and I said, what did I hate about that? I'll tell you what, the number one thing I hated was having someone looking over my shoulder at what I was doing every second of the day. Like I said, I'm lazy. I'm distractible. I need I need things to look at that don't have anything to do with the job in order to keep my mind on track. I've got movies playing all the time. So I didn't put myself in the back of the office. I put myself in the front of the office. I can't see what the hell any of my airmen are doing. On top of that, I put a big screen TV. I just had one laying around that's now a smart TV. I tossed that into the office, donated it to them. And now I have a 42-inch HD TV that every single airman can look at and see what I'm working on every second of the day. They are now comfortable with the fact that, hey, their NCO, he's actually not doing work every single second of the day. Sometimes he needs a break. Sometimes he needs a little inspiration. Sometimes he just needs something playing in the background to give him a little motivation to keep plugging through emails all day, every day. Cause that's what mostly what we end up having to do. Yeah. By putting myself out front like that, it also means fluidly dynamically. I can say, Hey, I'm going to work on this project. Come take a look. What do you guys think? Can, can you think of anything you would like this to do that I'm not thinking about? Does this make sense to you? It, does it work in a way that you can you can understand? Do I need to explain it better? Is there something about the tip vid that you don't get that is preventing you from doing your job? All of that. And, and it's it's so much about empowering our airmen for us to trust them that, that I know you're going to, excuse me, you're going to get the job done. You're going to do what you need to do. You don't need me looking over your shoulder. Look over my shoulder where you can learn something. That's why I go for it. And, and, and fostering this environment where, Everyone is comfortable. Everyone can do a little bit of their own thing uh, and, and not have big, bad NCO kicking down their door saying, hey, what are you doing? So, uh, I, Go I, ahead. I, why do you think that, and I'm asking this question, I give you my first opinion, but why do you think that NCOs, CNCOs feel like they have to force their fear or force their like their positional authority on their subordinates. Well, a little bit of this gets into my super left-wing political beliefs, but it's the fear that every manager has of wage theft. What, what we think, so we think that if 
someone under us is not spending every single second of their paid workday putting out some sort of profit for us, some sort of uh, measurable benefit to the work. If we think that they're not spending that every second of their day uh, performing for us, then we think it's a failure. But what is what is that? What is that? Like, oh, so what you just said tells me like, tells me that people, but what, what you just said basically tells me that people don't really know what profit, uh, hourly or daily profit is when it comes to area. So mm-hmm. there's this thing, I don't, know if, I don't know if a lot of people out there listening, I know you probably know what it is, there's this document called the EPR, uh, Enlisted mm-hmm. uh, Performance Report. And I'm very, but being very sarcastic at this point uh, for a reason. But it's just, and I'm not, and I trust me, I'm not shooting at you. I'm just, this is the conversation mm-hmm. I want. Whoever hears this, I want them to hear this. There's this document that, call, that, that we call it the EPR, right? The EPR is that document that justifies if an individual should get that, you know, helps, it helps justify. And not the only thing, but it helps justify, solidify the individual should get that next rank, which includes money, right? Or responsibility. So, you mean to tell me that if I figure out how to balance my time and to, to be that whole airman, it's something wrong with me doing professional development, doing duty hours, uh, figuring out ways to be innovative, doing duty hours, um, trying to find a way to have that mental, re- to create that environment for mental resiliency, doing duty hours. If you're talking that I have to be consistent, if you're thinking or assuming that, or saying that, or referring to that, I have to be constantly in my computer screen, do, churning some type of output that, you know, opinionated output that results into uh, military mission. What, and I have to do the air quotes for military, what, the mil- what you think the military mission is. That's bullshit. It's, it's total bullshit because mm-hmm. I, I I don't I don't understand why 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 a leader would put that much burden or pressure on a subordinate when they you know when in fact if that's the case then your time like I tell say I said man it's been this has been the, the, the term the phrase with every rank you you know every rank you get the more people become your 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 responsibility your job. If that's the case, if your airman's supposed to be churning away, then how the fuck are you developing your airman if you're forcing your airman to keep their face fronted in the computer, churning away some type of, you know, unreasonable output? Absolutely. That that that's one of the biggest problems I have. Um, Guys, we might I, go over on this one. No, yeah, that, that's fine because I have something to add on. But yes, go ahead, Tim. So. One of the things that I ran to when I started automating a lot of these things is how you define that on on an EPR. Uh, I define that of I saved these airmen X number of hours every week. You know, you you tally that up. I saved my airmen, you know, a thousand hours a year of having to do some dumb bullshit that, yeah, it needs to be done. It did not need to be done in a way where the airmen have to sacrifice all of their time to get it done. And the pushback that I got was, 
well, what are the airmen doing with that time? How are you reinvesting that time yeah. into the Air Force? And God damn it, if my airman doesn't have to spend a couple hours a week working, that's benefit enough. That airman is going to get so much out of that, that little extra time where they can be themselves. They don't have to worry about the mission for a couple minutes. They don't have to be burning themselves out, grinding away at the job. That's benefit enough. And you can say, yeah, they need to put that time back into volunteering. Well, what the hell does volunteering mean if you're volunteering in order to get a nice little star on your EPR so you can get a little brownie point? You're tainting the entire point of volunteering. The entire point of volunteering is to be selfless. And we grade that instead. So if I if I buy my airmen a couple hours of time and one of them actually does want to spend that little extra time going and volunteering at an animal shelter somewhere, instead I have to taint that by grading them for that. Even if it's a positive grade, it's still a taint but on I, what they're doing. I don't, I don't think it's a taint, and I don't think you're grading. I don't, I don't think you should look at it from the grade. And I get what you're saying, um, and, and that's the reason why I, I hit on that whole airman concept thing because – I can tell you right now, when I volunteer, when I volunteer for anything, I don't give a damn what it is. It's something that I want to volunteer for. Mm-hmm. And, be, and, and, because, and, and, and because I've always been a giver, I've always been that person who's always invested into people. Um, it, I, it, was, it's, it was something like that. It's easy for me. So because uh, the Air Force wants, the Air Force cares about uh, free publicity, uh, I, I'm doing it naturally. Cool. I'm gonna throw it on my EPR, and I'll give. But a here's shit. the, here's the thing with that. Doesn't a little part of you, when you volunteer for something that you were that was personal to you, that was important to yeah. you, and then you put it on that EPR, doesn't a little bit, doesn't a little bit you feel a little dirty for doing that? No, the reason why I don't feel dirty is because it's expected of me. It's expected of me to be imbe- embedded into the community. It's expected of me to be a part of the community. It's, a, it's, it's an expectation for me. The reason why I don't feel dirty is because it's just it's the expectation. I didn't go the, I want to be seen by my commanders mm. and my chiefs route. I said, I did what they said, do. Hey, mm. be, a, be a pillar of the community, you know, uh, being set an example outside of the community because it's a recruitment tool. That's really what it is. And mm. I, because I understand that business logic of it, it's, I don't feel dirty because it's like, I didn't do this for y'all, but because mm. I because it's expected of me, here, you can have this little shit over here. I didn't do this for a promotion, but even though it, but I also didn't waste my time trying to go find something that the Air Force that that, mm. I, that, that my leaders think the Air Force wants me to mm. do. Because if you if I if I sent you my APRs and you look at my volunteer shit, it's shit that that's me. It's shit that, mm. that embodies me. It's shit that, that 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 I have a passion behind. I love like this right here. This is this what we're doing right here is what my is what's all over my EPR. I love talking to people mm-hmm. about bettering themselves, about enhancing themselves, and I, I do it from the platform of the resiliency program. And then two, I'm a Mason, so 
I'm always in the streets doing something in the streets, always. But because the Air Force expects it of me, and I'm not, I'm not losing personal time. I'm, I'm not losing my personal time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. You know, you, my supervisor gave me some time back. I'm not out here forcing myself to go be a part of some booster club because I really don't give a shit about a booster mm. club. I'm doing something that the Air Force expects me to do, which is give strategic communication, strategic promotion. I'm not even doing shit in my uniform because you can't do it in uniform anyway. I'm doing it as me. And they're like, well, what mm. do you do for a living? Well, I'm in the Air Force. Oh, you're in the military? That's just a random conversation. What do you do in the military? This, 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 this. Well, I'm doing that. I'm figuring out I'm figuring out ways to put myself in 10 times better position than what the Air Force could ever do. You know? And oh, oh, by the way, will you uh did you go and and and, and, and be an example of the community? Oh yeah, man. I got a whole bunch of shit. Which one? Which which one you want to know about? Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna pick which one you want to know about, put it on there, I'm gonna keep moving. But then you see all your little friends over there. I gotta be in charge of. I gotta be in charge of the Air Force Ball Committee. I gotta be the president of the, the middle tier and the first four and the top three. I gotta be on the committee. I missed that. Blah blah blah. The negative one. Um, so so, fuck, so first of all, fuck that mentality. But I'm not saying <laughs> fuck, fuck the organizations because hey, it's, I gotta edit this shit out. It's, 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 it's expected of me to be. A part of those organizations, but mm. it's, not, it's not expected of me to go fight for positions on the organization. I'm right. a part of those organizations because not because I because it's going to give me brownie parts points. It says in the Brown Handbook, you are expected to be a part of those organizations. Why? Because it's more so about it's, it's more so about indirectly professional development, networking, and and and, mm. find, and get gain access to resources that you don't have in your direct work center. It's not about the show. And that's yeah. why I said. That's why I said. Fuck that organization. From that standpoint, is because people have made that shit about kind of what you alluded to, the brownie points and the fucking show. That's yeah. why I'm not. I'm a pay. I'm a paying member of the the, the top three. And when they send out e- emails and information about stuff that that's going on, if it's something I'm interested in, cool. No sweat off my back because I'm interested in it. But for the most part, I'm not gonna go sit here and listen to some narcissistic dude or female talk about themselves just so they can get a fucking mm-hmm. strap. Like, mm-hmm. fuck no. Yeah. And that, that's where that's where I'm just like kind of an sport. insubordinate little shit is when someone tells me when I know I can get some brownie points off something, I just refuse to do it because, like I said, I'm an insubordinate little shit. Well, it's it, so, okay. So to hit both your points, right? Don't look at it as being insubordinate or, or having to, because I, I was very much like this in my career up to, uh, to a fault, right, is, uh, is trying to go against the institution or rage against the machine, right? Um, some people may, uh, dis- or may listen, you know, when this is published to Bracely and what he said and said, oh, Bracely knows how to play the game. No, Bracely's not playing the game. Bracely's taking what it is that his career field that you know the playing field that he has has said hey you should do this and Bracey is saying cool i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna do it on my terms while still meeting your intent right and you could do that um and, and 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 i and i guess to say that if it comes to a master our senior master and select who's volunteering who's being the president of the top three or volunteering to be the uh uh you know the uh, selling tickets for the air force ball um 
when you ask them what they got out of it compared to what Brakeson gets out of it, doing what he wants to do when he does it for the people he does it, it's going to be inside as a human two totally different, you know, uh, 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 feelings or, or, or you know, uh, reimbursement, you know, type stuff. So, okay, to go back and Brakeson, you asked him the question of why do we have NCOs or senior NCOs who think that they have to go out there and I don't want to say micromanage, but they have to be crowding over an airman or an nco and saying i need to do what you're what you're you need to respect me and i need to know what you're doing at all times and it better be in the betterment of this machine called the air force right how much of that goes back to basic human power dynamic right you could say how can i have a senior nco that expects all the ncos to respect them and to do exactly what they say and then i'm going to be on their ass all the fucking time and then they better be on the airman's ass all the time that's all there is to it uh to me, when it says, how can we believe that exists today in the Air Force, I'll go back and say, how can we believe, uh, how can we believe that people in positions of authority abuse it? For example, police. It's a power dynamic struggle. When you give people power over other people, whether it's power, and I don't know the exact terms of it, but whether it's power that's power due to rank or position, or it's power, uh, especially rank or position, you know, or, or law, um, you're going to have that. Somebody, I, I don't remember who said it uh, on the Facebook page. I, I want to say it was on the Facebook page, but somebody talked about, I think it was Champion. I think it was Champion. It might have been on her own page. Uh, Kaylee Champion talked about, hey, be that type of person that you're in a position of power and people want to follow you, not because you're in that position of power, but of how you carry yourself, right? And that's, and that's tough. And to me, you could send somebody to all the, the PME you want or joint PME, you can give them all the CBTs, but if they don't realize, if they can't see that, which is hard, what do you do? I can put all the stripes, I can put all the stripes on my shoulder. Every single stripe doesn't auto set automatically institute some sort of thinking or, or within, within me. So, so I, I, I give you, I give you one example. Uh, I was, I was talking to somebody, um, and, uh, they were they're in charge of a work center and basically their response and how they were dealing with their subordinates was I'm in here I'm in here correcting everything I'm fixing everything I'm doing this I'm doing that and it, and I'm thinking like what is it what does that do for you like what does that do for you and how and how and how does that establish how does how does that establish what type of relationship does that establish um, with you and your subordinates, because if all you're doing is in here looking for things that are wrong, um, looking for things that are wrong, um, then your your troops are looking at you like, oh, I can't talk to this person, I can't trust this person because all they're focused on, focusing on is what's wrong, versus, you know, walking into a work center and seeing how the work center operates, and looking at, um, and, and and you self self, you know you going in and doing a self-inspection on the work center without intruding or without bothering individuals so that you can get your own assessment of the work center and you can develop your own strategic plan. But why the first thing you do is you walk in and you have to, um, you have to influence your position or you have to, you know, you have to force your position or your rank while you're in the work center. Like what the fuck, man, when you walk in there, uh, depending on what uniform you own, they immediately see the, the rank that you have. They immediately know the position you have. 
Why do you have to remind people of the position that you have? Like that irks the fuck out of me. Like I, I like it is like like it, like like me me and my boss. I am one month older than my boss. One month. Look to, to September fifth, October fifth. Thirty fucking days older. I'm older than my boss. When my boss walk in there, it's Chief Wisebun. Chief, he earned that fucking stripe. He did whatever he had to do to 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 to, to wear that stripe. I don't, give, I don't give a fuck. That's Chief Wisebun. He and, and, and because as a subordinate, I've 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 established that he <laughs> he he doesn't he doesn't have to do shit. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to say he's cheap, wise bum. He doesn't. Like, like, why do supervisors or people with stripes? I don't say supervisors. People with stripes feel like they have to let you know what stripe they have. To me, when they when you act like that, to me, you you act just like a dependent potter. <laughs> At the end of the day, yo, you. you I'm, do you know what rank my husband is? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. To me, those that's what type of supervisor those that's what that, that type of supervisor or that not supervisor, that type of section leader, super section whatever you want to call it, overseer, because of rank, that's what you remind me of. That's what you are closely related to, a dependent potomus. Do you know what rank I have? It, and, and uh and I and I'd ask how much of that is um is genetics right? It Why is it? Genetics. It's not well, genetics. is it not? It, it, well, is it? I mean, well, is it part of being a, a humans? Or I'll take it a step further: being a man, and I'll take it a step further than that: being a Caucasian man, a black man, or or, or a brown man. Uh, why is it that when you get when you see a pride of lions, there is another lion who comes in there and it's like, hey, I'm the new boss, and I'm going to show you that I'm new. I'm, I'm the new boss, right? There's certain things within us. And this is just me, and, I, and I'm probably full of shit, which I, I, I acknowledge that. But there's certain things that when we talk about why does it happen, it's like because we're human beings. We're human beings. And, 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 and uh, you know, when people talk, why are we prejudiced? Why are we racist? Why do we go in and want and, and to bump our chest? Why do we want to get in dick measuring contests? Why do when are we want to be in charge? Why would anybody want to be in charge of an entire nation of people? We're human beings, right? Anyways, I, I disagree with that statement, but I get what you're saying. It's not human nature. Yeah, it, it's I don't know what I don't know what it is, but it ain't human nature. But like, all right, so you getting ready to get out, man? I like that's the thing that hurt me the most is you getting ready to step step away from the uniform. I am. Do you want to yeah. talk about that? I know. Absolutely. Okay. So, um. The things have been kind of rough on me for a while. Uh, been dealing with a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, uh, alcoholism, which, you know, me drinking on here probably isn't a great sign. Hey, but um, it, it kind of started to ferment when I started having the assignments canceled. I think I mentioned earlier I had my assignments totally canceled. Yo. Yo. Um, that 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 one that one situation at at the at the AF working group kind of had me heated a little bit. Yeah, and, and uh, I had IELTS canceled again, 
uh, which I, I was a situation where I told them, hey, put my shit in early because I'm kind of worried about it. And they weigh it on it and weigh it on it. And the whole time thinking, oh, some poor asshole's going to have to end up filling this last notice. And I'm going to be the asshole who made them do it. Um, now I've got assignment for Osan, which shouldn't have even come down because I don't think I'm assignable right now. I, I'm under mobility restrictions. Um, I haven't even worked. I haven't put on the uniform since February. Uh, I've been in and out of uh, inpatient care. Um, and it's nothing with the job that specifically is wore me down. Um, but things have just come to a point where I know I am not going to be able to fulfill assignment and deployment commitments consistently. Right. And that means it's time for me to get out of here because someone's going to get fucked over and over and over again. Kind of like you being fucked. Uh, I mean, kind of a little bit. I don't think it's the same. It, it's not as much a burden in my opinion, to know, to hear that, hey, you're not going to move as it's a, bur a burden to, hey, see, like, hey, I got to move in a month. So, so he, thank you for sharing that, man. Here's what I'd offer. Mm -hmm. um, the reason you're on this podcast, the reason Bracely uh, and I uh, think so highly of you is because you bring something to the career field. You bring something to the family. You bring something as a person, right? Uh, so uh, would your, uh, could your career, you spend, you've been in what, 11? So could the last nine years of your career be uh, nine years where you have a DAB code? Yeah. Mm. Could those be nine years where it's like, damn, there are going to be certain installations in the, uh, in the Air Force that I can't go to? Yeah. Oh, but, I absolutely know. I I could fuck around and keep in. Like, yeah. like I, I, I could yeah. make it work. I don't have the conscience to do that because I know every day that I stay in, someone's getting fucked because of it. And so somebody, me. so so no, maybe, you, but the people that, that, that are like, with you, though, the people that, that are with you. Like, when you say that, what do you mean? Because I, I, I give you, for example, Chad Molinaro. If you know who Chad Molinaro is, he, uh, one of the coolest man. I love this dude to death. Like my brother, uh, he lost his leg in a motorcycle accident. They allowed him to stay on active duty as a long mm -hmm. planner, and he retired with an amputated leg. Um, he can't. He couldn't deploy. If he if he did deploy, he could deploy. He can only deploy to certain locations like stateside locations. What make you think you're gonna be a benefit if if you if with some of the things? And I mean, this is not an attack. Just, I want you to understand, dude. You're very important. You know, uh, whether you think it, think it or not, like you inspire people. You inspire me. Like you trigger thought in so in, in so many people, uh, so so many people that that you don't really know. So I want you to understand that when you say things like you don't think like for your what what you your opinion of how how you can provide or how you can benefit to our our mission. Our, our identity, dude. Seriously, 
Like, and I'm not telling you, I'm not, this is not me telling you, saying this is me talking from a place of love and a place of care. Cause I don't, I don't want to have this conversation and years, months, weeks, days later, something happened to you. I want you to understand that when you say things like what you're saying, you got to be careful how you, how mm-hmm. much power you're giving words because you are a very impactful individual. Yeah. And, and, and I, I apologize for making it that harsh because that's not the whole story. Yeah. And the whole story has to get into politics that I don't know are always okay to address, but okay. I'll be frank with it. I I can't keep supporting military in the context that we've been employed and are potentially being employed. During, during COVID, the U.S. Navy was employed basically as a pirate fleet to apprehend shipments of medical supplies going overseas to bring them back to the U.S. and give them to not the U.S., but U.S. corporations to sell them and then often sell them back overseas. Like, that's a fact. You know, I that, can't... you know about that, Gonzo? So I've been on this Facebook page, and so I'm aware of, of, of how you feel, right? Mm. And I'm aware of... Uh, uh, and I guessed that it... That maybe this would come up right mm. which 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 uh, which i want to say regardless of how anybody that listens to us may feel that you are a hundred percent valid in, in 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 saying that right and uh in standing behind your beliefs uh whether it's political religious sex race gender whatever you're 100 percent val- uh, uh valid in that man um look man just to piggyback on what bracy said uh I have yet to meet anybody in this career field that that if you were to take a look, they are an expert in every single one of the pillars or core competencies of this career field, right? Um, and I don't think we'll ever get there, right? It's kind of like when you talk about martial arts, right? Nobody's ever going to master martial arts. You're constantly growing all the way to like the, the number one, you know, trainer or whatever you want to look at, professor. And so you, uh, uh, don't sell yourself short. If there's one, two, or three things that you bring to the table, bring them. And if I thought, and, and here's what I'll, here's what I'll offer, man. Bracy and I just got done listening to you talk about the majority of this podcast was about what you do for other people. There's something behind that. You wouldn't be saying that on this podcast if it didn't matter to you right so um uh, uh so like like bracely said man you are worth something everybody brings something to the table regardless of whether that's here in the logistics plans family helping train helping develop he- helping grow the next crop of log planters or whether that's out doing something else helping other people right. don't lose that don't ever lose that drive don't ever lose that willingness and and most of all and, and, and if I think, if, if I, if, if I think what I, what the type of person you are, don't ever be scared to fucking be different, right? Because all it takes is one person raising their hand and saying, well, why are we doing this as a 21 year old in tech school? 
to change something, to change a small group of people, to change a city, to change a state, to change the nation, right? And so you have a lot to offer, man. My fucking brain doesn't work like that. Brazley's brain doesn't work like that. And guess what? Our dumbass has still got promoted somehow, right? <laughs> but yours does. I, 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 now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to, I'm kind of curious about all these, uh, about like what you said about the na- the medical supply stuff because, uh, <laughs> man, goddamn. Oh hell no! You got you. Bracely is a conspiracy theorist. Oh <laughs> yeah, we 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 can't get into that. Like like we we're already oh, over time. Yeah, man. Look, but... I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's 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 a plan, man. It's a massive mm-hmm. plan, and 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 uh, and and yeah, it's it's a massive. Plan. I ain't gonna say I see through it or I see it, but I feel it. Some yeah. things that don't that don't sit right with me. And, and and that's part of the reason why, like what Gonzo was saying, as far as me, I I, I don't um, I understand because I can sit back and understand I understand certain things, and it's and it's like at certain things like okay, what am I willing to accept and put up accept accept and put up with? I will honestly say. I was not exposed since I haven't been exposed to some of the information that you've been exposed to. You know, got it. Um, I, I probably will probably feel differently as well uh, about you know. But as my thing is, as long as you are happy with what's getting ready to happen next in your life, and as long as you got something in the works, I don't care what it is, whatever it is, I want to see it flourish. Mm-hmm. I want. I want to. I. Absolutely, probably want to be a part of it as long as it's in the mood, it's in a, it's in a positive, upflowing direction. Even if it's in a dark direction, like maybe like you need somebody to talk to. I, I tell you this all the time, especially at that time when uh, when you posted the picture on the page and people was like acting and flipping the fuck out. First thing I did was, hey, <laughs> I went in your inbox and said, hey, are you good? You know, are yeah. you okay? Because I, I, you know, people don't people don't get what they get. You know what I'm saying? They don't understand what they understand. So, you know, the big thing is you better stay in contact with me. And if you get into a situation where you just need to just shoot the breeze, just run your mouth on for whatever it is, man, hit me up. I don't give a shit. Uh, if I'm asleep, I'm busy. I'm always busy. Don't get that twisted. I'm always busy. But I, I will find time and make time to just let you, like, air out and say whatever it is you need mm-hmm. to say. As somebody who... Uh who was working over there where he's working out right now for the last seven months. He's not always busy. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so, so this may sound stupid, man, but um, you're from Texas. Yeah. Right. All right. So as a fellow Texan, I expect more out of you the best. Right. And they may sound hey, stupid. Fuck they, that they, place. They, I mean, yeah. honestly, so <laughs> I, I got you, but if that's your birthplace, um, so, so also keep in mind, man, you mentioned earlier before we started recording, you, you just, you're just not worried about yourself. There's somebody else in your life, right? That you're responsible for. I am. For, so, so, so for your wife, man. So, uh, so how's she doing in all of this? And I know we're going over time, but I say, I apologize. Um, but yeah, how is your wife doing? Oh, uh, like personally, she's doing great. Um, in general though, uh, she's stuck in El Salvador. She has been since the beginning of, of the COVID outbreak. Oh, wow. She, she been living there for uh, for a little over a year, 
and right when the COVID outbreak started was about when she was going to be coming back, visiting the States. We're going to see each other again. We were going to spend some time together. And then um, El Salvador cut all travel off. And now the only way to gain out is humanitarian flights that instead of being like established properly, like we would imagine, instead they just basically gave a hand wave to Delta to say, hey, you guys get to keep flying flights, but charge whatever you want. So they took that opportunity to triple or quadruple the the prices. So we can afford, you know, technically we can afford to fire back up here, but we're not really in a position where we're ready to spend that level of money and, and things are okay. But yeah, it it sucks. Like I'm not gonna lie, and most of what she would be flying up here for is shit that's been canceled anyway. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, that's a uh, that man. That sucks to hear. I I, I yeah, couldn't man, even that, imagine. Honestly, like ooh, like, <laughs> you got a combination of things going on. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so. Well, I, I, that's a very big question offline, Max, because I don't want to put nobody on, 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 on the spot. Um, no, put me on the spot, I don't it's, it's not about this. It's, it's, your, it's, like, it's your working environment. So. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk, yeah that's, that's an offline. offline. This, yeah, man, like Bracey said, I'm not just saying this to kiss your ass. Um, there was 100% a reason, and I see it now, why Bracely was on my ass to have you on this show, right? <laughs> and why and why he's went out of his way to help you, right? Mm. Don't take that for granted, man. It's uh, um, at the end of the day, um, maybe this will tap into your side, uh, maybe your political side, man, a little bit. Uh, the Air Force is a fucking business, and yeah. every single one, every single one of us on this call right now, and everybody who's listening to this is fucking expendable and the second that we stop making the business money we're gonna get a cut there's mm-hmm. one fucking ceo there's one ceo running this shit <laughs> so um but the good and so that's the business side of it at least my uneducated business side the bet the the good side about it the humanistic side about it is that you have people like Bracely who are willing to sit here listen to you and help you out man so mm-hmm. don't forget that and, and please please take advantage of that um, hey man, give us your final thoughts and then uh, Bracely, take us out, man. Hey, bring me on again. Uh, I honestly didn't didn't even get to talk about why I wanted to, which was how I make the products I do. I'll walk yeah. you guys through it. Do a screen share. I'll <laughs> walk you through making that heat map that I did, and, and that's just gonna benefit everybody. So. I, 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 I think yeah. I think the screen I think the screen sharing will be really good because that that'd be something that we we never done that before, uh, and then the fact that we could share it and and it's it be out on a social platform to where people can see it. we may be able to set up to where that particular conversation we shift we shift straight into business and uh, with permission of the with managing the page we may be able to go live on the Law Plans page and just share it at the same time and. and, and and we have that conversation. You can educate, because um, because that's those are things, man. I I, I like I, 
I really want us to, I really want to see. Yeah. Uh, from, mm-hmm. from, from 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 a knowledge standpoint, even if people don't use it, there 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 are things that they can take away from visual visually seeing the things that you're identifying, and when mm-hmm. they visually see it and you associate it with certain colors, it triggers memory so that whenever they don't have that product, they go to a different location. But I I know this 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 and this because that vision that that those trigger colors colors trigger memory and they're associated with things. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely, man. We gotta set that up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As if, if you can get it to where we can go live on the page, uh, you know. Yeah. I think that'd be a really good conversation we can set up. Uh, I, in, in the, hell yeah. No, that would be amazing, man. And, and, and I'll tell you what. Fortunate enough for me and for Bracey as well too, we're in positions right now where we're in charge of uh, programs or IT systems, man. If there is any way that I could get you to help me out with regards to coming mm-hmm. up with ideas, couple of innovations uh, for these IT systems, fuck it, man. I mean, doing this right here just proved we don't have to pay for somebody's TDY to, to bring them out to help out. So so I'll mm-hmm. definitely um, uh, you're on my radar for that. All right. Sounds good. All right, y'all. We get ready to check out of here, man. This has definitely been uh, our conversation never go as planned. Um, probably because, you know, uh, the way the the spiritual things align and, and the way the, uh, the elements align, we don't ever we, we get a chance to hit a few things, but we actually get a chance to learn the individuals that uh, that are on here and you get a chance to hear their stories. You get a chance to, um, you know, see their point of view from the law clearance career field. And you get a chance to learn what a law degree is from everybody that gets on the, on the channel and talk, not just from me and Gonzo. Cause honestly, um, lately I've been kind of figuring, trying to have been, I've been kind of going battling myself back and forth. Cause like we're doing this every week. Um, and I know somebody, I know somebody probably saying they just want to hear themselves talk. Um, but, Honestly, every conversation we have triggers a thought, it triggers words, it triggers something, and and it's something beneficial and fruitful comes from it. So, um, as I always say, anybody, I don't care who you are, I don't care if I can't stand you, if you got a story, if you got something to share that's going to be, that's going to help somebody out, please, please reach out. Uh, the, the email address is, uh, what is it, Gazo? You're on mute. <laughs> Logplanspodcast at gmail.com. Logplanspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can inbox either one of us. That's Kenneth, right. Uh, Kenneth W. Race II on Facebook. Or you can hit up Gonzo uh, at littleshortman.one. Hey, man, that's <laughs> not true. But I tell you what. Hey, man. Um, yeah, hey, I, I know you're going to take us out. I want to show you something real quick. This is former UFC light heavyweight champion Rashad Evans. Okay. You kind of look like him now. You're you're, you're losing weight. You're getting in shape. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So uh, next, uh, the next show, it's going to be DJ Rashad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was thinking about that. Anyways, Uh, man. Hey, 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 Tim, man. Thanks. I really appreciate you for coming on here tonight, man. Thanks for making the time. Um, Again. Uh, we got. We, we're definitely going to set that up. It's not. A, this, this is not Hollywood talk. It's going to happen, um, and I'm looking forward to um, that part three because this is a, this is two hours. I think that part hmm. three of the conversation where we can go straight into uh, tech talk and you can show yeah. us. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, man. I'm getting. I'm getting out of here. I got homework to do, and I got. A, and I got another podcast. I got invited on uh, to 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 see it. So I got to get ready for that one too. All right, man. Awesome. Laters, guys. We're out. Take it easy. Peace out. Thanks. Laters.